Finder, powered by Moms Rising, we have a big, big democracy show for you today. We start out talking about the power of your vote, what's at stake, why your vote matters, and why your vote is still powerful. We dive into what's happening in Congress, where there are champions among us who are serving in office who we need to reelect, and how your vote can impact the direction of public policy and of what happens with your pocketbook. Then we jump into Grandmothers for Reproductive Rights, also known as GER. What's the latest with GER and how can you get involved? And we close the show talking about making your plan to vote. What snacks can you bring? Do you have a voting walk-up song? Have you gotten the activities for kids yet so you can be a voter, raise a voter? All centered on the fact that voting day is November 8th. It's coming up or it has just passed. So if it just passed when you're listening to this, Make a plan to vote for next year, but definitely make sure you vote by the end of November 8th, 2022. We're going to jump right in with our first guest. We are joined by an amazing, wonderful, spectacular guest today, Monifa Bandele of Moms Rising, Mamas Con Poder. Welcome, Monifa! Hey, hey, thanks for having me. I'm so thrilled that you're on because now this program airs on different days, on different times, on different stations, but one thing is in common. November 8th is the day by which, at close of business, people need to have voted. Many polling locations are open till 7. You have to check what's going on near you. But everywhere you are in the United States of America, voting day is November 8th. And Monifa, what are you looking forward to all about November 8th? You know, I'm really excited about the turnout that's happened so far. Since really 2018 and 2020, many more state, states have early voting, including my own. We didn't have early voting before in New York. And so we kind of all had to pile on to one day. And what we're seeing is a really good turnout uh, for early voting in some states, places like Georgia, uh, even in my own neighborhood in Brooklyn. Sometimes early voting, it's kind of like crickets in there. You go in, you never see anyone except the wonderful poll workers and you leave. But there was a steady stream of voters coming in, even during our first early voting weekend. So I'm excited about the fact that people are already voting early. And then on Election Day, I just have a lot of faith in us. I think that the community of organizations and, uh, you know, parent associations, moms around the kitchen table, national organizations have just given this election everything we've got. And I think that we're going to be very victorious in places that people aren't expecting us to be, quite frankly. I love that idea. So people, if you haven't voted yet and you need to figure out your voting situation, like where to vote, how to vote, all of that, you can go to momsrising.org forward slash vote 2022 and just put in your information. We don't have ESP. I wish we did. So you're going to have to put in your information and then we'll pop back out to you where to vote, how to vote, all the things mm -hmm. about voting. So momsrising.org forward slash vote 22, because a lot is at stake. A lot is at stake this election, much more than most people think. Can you share some of the top things at stake this year, Monifa? Yeah. You know, we have been talking with our members and talking with our friends and families and neighbors, and everyone is just hugely devastated by the Dobbs decision this summer, which essentially, you know, <laughs> roll back Roe versus Wade. And so currently, as of last week, we have 16 states that have 
basically a complete abortion ban. And so on the ballot right now is our reproductive freedoms all over the country. We know that the folks who um, are pushing these abortion bans in the states have a plan to make it national, have a plan not to bring back our full access to reproductive health care. And that's connected to every aspect of our lives. Some people think, oh, I'm not going to need an abortion or, oh, I'm not a birthing person or I'm older or I'm too young. But this actually impacts everything. It impacts our physical health. We're living in a country where it is the most dangerous place to give birth in the developed world amongst wealthy nations, you know, actually dead last. So it's dangerous. Um, there's economic security issues with forced birth. We don't have childcare across the board. We don't have national paid family medical leave across the board. Uh, we still have huge wage disparities between women and men. And when women are moms, they get hit the hardest. And the family planning piece, I think, is really key because 60% of the people who seek abortions are already mothers. So these are folks that are planning their families, planning the health, economic security of their families, and not being able to have that freedom of choice really destabilizes that. And when our families are destabilized, our whole communities suffer. So everyone really needs to pay attention to this. There's a, there's a physical outcome, there's economic outcomes. And I also wanna add, Kristen, that lately at Moms Rising, we've been working on maternal mental health. And another thing that's been on the rise across the country is cases of postpartum depression. So we really have to get on top of what is the infrastructure that birthing people, that moms, that women need to have in place for us to, one, decide if, when, how many children we're going to have, and whether or not our family can thrive under the conditions in our communities. It's so important to vote, people. You just heard a ton of excellent reasons for voting. And one more reason is also protecting and saving our democracy. In the past several years, we've seen hundreds of voter suppression bills be passed at state legislatures across the country. And one study found that more than 40% of the Republicans who are running for office this year for the first time in history are what is being called election deniers, meaning yeah. they think our votes shouldn't be counted. And that is just not even democratic. And so on the ballot this year at the city, county, state, and federal level, is democracy. It's our freedom to be able to decide if, when, and how many children we're going to have, which you brought up, Monifa. It's also our freedom to be able to cast a ballot potentially in the next presidential election and have it be voted. It is really, really a high stakes election. And one of the things in this high stakes election is that making sure that we don't just vote for members of Congress, but keep going down the ballot to those state legislatures, the state house and state senators, as well as the county and the city is gonna be really important, especially if the states try to come together to overturn federal direction. What are your thoughts on that? I just wanna slip in governors too. Oh yeah. Many states have governors on the ballot and these are states that are trying to put in place uh, you know, a certain amount of their <laughs> legislature are trying to uh, put in place abortion bans. And we also have our champions in every state. We have champions who are fighting for the health and safety of women and moms and birthing people. So those governors are really key because they can either green light or block harmful things, right? So yeah, we have to, we have to go 
even down to the micro school board level. Uh, we have to get engaged on the parent association level because guess what? Many of the ways that voters are being primed to support policies that are harmful to our families and communities starts on the school level, right? It starts in the curriculum uh, that is, is implemented in the schools and whether or not it allows for students to learn things like uh, how important it is to live in a multiracial democracy. What is critical race theory? You know, being able to read books that help them develop a critical analysis and to be able to see through uh, disinformation and misinformation, right? All of that is a part of someone's education. And so we also see our school boards being flooded with people who actually want to dumb down our, our, our school system and, and the curriculum that's there and make us, you know, less thoughtful and less multiracial and multicultural. So yes, we have to get involved on every level. I know it seems like a lot because you ran it off, Kristen, like a list, and then I <laughs> added governor and school board, but you really, everyone has a lane to play. You can just pick one, you know, you don't have to uh, go to them all and share your story because when you share your story, it's so powerful. We use it on every level of decision-making and power. We'll take it all the way, you know, White House, Congress, State House, Governor's <laughs> Mansion, all those places, right? It can, it can go viral, so to speak, but we have to have to get involved. Yeah, getting involved is key. There was one study that came out recently that said, it was really interesting. It noted that the United States of America has one of the lowest voter turnouts of any country. Yes. So one thing that that means though, is that your vote means double, triple, quadruple, what it would normally mean, because only 40% of registered voters traditionally vote in midterm elections. So you voting is worth like a lot of people voting. So please, please, please vote. And then the other study said that if you bring five friends with you to vote, you can have like a revolution. <laughs> <laughs> There's some races One that are determined race? by like a handful of votes. You know, yes. we've heard about these races where it's like down 12 votes. You could have brought your whole family out and changed the outcome of an election. <laughs> yeah, there was one governor's race here in Washington where I live um, during my lifetime that sort of hinged on four votes. They had to do a couple of recounts, but, you know, it was four votes. So that's you and your friends. If you bring five votes, you could determine literally the outcome of a governor's race or another race, certainly a city council or a county council or even a state legislature race. So, I mean, it's a big deal in midterm elections. What keeps you fired up and going for democracy, Monifa? I think it changes from day to day. You know, sometimes it's just being out in the community, especially in the summertime. You know, here in Brooklyn, we have a lot of, festivals and block parties and youth activities and just seeing the community happy and joyful and thriving just makes me want to get out there and fight more and push harder to make sure that we get even more and more freedoms, right? Um, and then sometimes it's, you know, more internal. Like right now I have two daughters. They're becoming young women, young adults. Shout out to all of the moms out there who are mothering young adults. It is not for the weak. And just thinking about what their lives are going to be like, you know, how they have a significantly different uh, reproductive rights than I had when I was their age is motivating me more than ever before. So today I'm really motivated by my daughters. Oh, that's so, I'm so glad you lifted that because, you know, I think for me, I'm motivated both by my kids, but by 
the people who came before us who now had more rights than we have in this moment you know and you just know that what whole, i'm saying <laughs> yes the whole idea of going backwards is also motivating me motivating me it's like not on our watch will we go backwards well we kind of are so i'm like sticking my heels in pushing my arms out i'm like yes. no, no 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 backwards please <laughs> no backwards i mean you know a little inside secret here to everyone because you and i both have these grandmothers who were real change makers you know and helped to be to, to architect you know some of the freedoms um and some of the advances that have happened over these past 50 years and you know i jokingly say look they're going to be haunting us <laughs> If we don't win this, right? They fought hard to get us to a very important place. And we will not let them down. We cannot and we will not. Yes, cannot, will not let them down. I'm feeling a little haunted already, but <laughs> yes, yes. Yes, I was saying earlier today on another interview, uh, my grandmother was a nurse in Pittsburgh. She was the first uh, Black nurse in her nursing program, opened up a pipeline for high school students interested in nursing for Black young women to come into that field. And it had everything to do to make to, with making sure that the community had access to really good health care, right? Because when you go into the hospital, you've got to have people there who are from your community, who will advocate for you, who know what your home life is like, what your community life is like. And she really proudly did that advocacy, pushing for reproductive health care and pushing to make health equity a reality, you know, way back before my parents were even born, right? So we have a huge legacy, right, Kristen, that we have to carry on. So I think it's if there's motivation, there's encouragement, and there's haunting. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so this all comes down to one thing. Everybody, please make a plan to vote. And if you're listening to this after the election has happened, after your voting deadlines have passed, it's not too early to make a plan to vote on the next election. Or even <laughs> think about if you want to run for office. You should you run. Yes. Vote? Yes. Any of those things. We need more leaders. More leaders are better. More good leaders are better. I should say that. <laughs> Thank you. Monique. I like to tell people, you know best what needs to be done, right? <laughs> in your home, in your family, in your community, you should run. I love telling people that. I love that too. Listeners, we're talking to you. Thank you for being on Monifa. Thank you for all you do. Thank you for firing us up and also suggesting, you know, what's going to happen if we don't stop this rollback, the haunting. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. We're going to take a quick break, but stick around. Next up, the National Partnership for Women and Families with the inside scoop on what's going on inside the Beltway and how your vote can impact it from wherever you are. We'll be back in a quick Finder, powered by Moms Rising. We are joined right now by Jocelyn Fry of the National Partnership for Women and Families, who we love, 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 and are in partnership with regularly at Moms Rising. Welcome, Jocelyn. Thank you. Thank you, Kristen. It is always a pleasure to be here with you. You are fabulous, and Moms Rising is fabulous. 
Well, you are fabulous and National Partnership for Women and Families is fabulous and everybody should join, support, follow, et cetera. And let's talk about what's happening in the United States of America. We are on a level 23 situation out of only five levels. So we are <laughs> way above levels of problems here. And, you know, we don't yet have a care infrastructure, paid family medical leave that is universal that everyone can take. We don't necessarily have access to affordable childcare that's high quality. We don't have fair pay, especially for care workers. And we don't have home and community-based services. I mean, there's a lot of things on the we don't have list. And what's happening in Washington, D.C. right now? Well, I feel like um, you're right. We, we don't have all of those things. And at the moment, everybody is gone, right? <laughs> uh, preparing for uh, an election and not enough is happening in terms of actually moving on policies that people care about. It is, it is my technical term for it is, it's a hot mess. And so- <laughs> I agree. Yeah. So there's lots and lots of work uh, that we need to do and hopefully to get people in in office who actually care about the issues that we know women and families care about and um, are actually about the business of passing policies that we know folks need. Yes. And do you know what? We did a poll recently and not only do I agree with you on that, but 84% of moms in America agree that they will vote for a candidate. They will take extra measures, extra effort to vote for a candidate who supports the policies we were just talking about. Access to affordable childcare, paid family medical leave, home and community-based services, an increased child tax credit. All of those things are hugely popular with Democrats, Republicans, independents, libertarians, anybody voting. But voters, I know you're listening, voting day is November 8th. We need to make sure that we are voting for the candidates who support those policies. And that often means using a little bit of Google. How do you think people can figure out what policies their candidates support? Yeah, well, I think you're right. I mean, Google is always a good tool. I think people should look at the, the candidates who are running. They should pay attention to their literature. They should ask some questions. They should go, you know, even in the short few days left before the election, there are town halls, there are meetings, um, and ask folks, you know, what's your position on this issue and what not only what is your position, but what are you prepared to do? What are we expecting you to do? Can you tell me concretely what the policies are? Um, you know, it's important for folks to do their homework, um, you know, particularly in an environment where um, folks are all too willing to say a lot of things rhetorically just to garner people's votes. But as you point out, we know these policies are popular. We know people want them. Um, and they have an opportunity to tell folks, these are policies that are important to me, and I expect you to actually move forward and make them happen. Um, so that's, you know, it's work that people can do, but there's lots of information out there that hopefully will help people make the right decision. I love that you raised that. Lots of information out there to help people make the right decision. And one of that pieces of information is voting records. And I'm going to put on my partisan hat for a moment, and I'll save Jocelyn from having to put her partisan hat on. No need to put a partisan hat on. I'm taking this one for the team, and I'm going to tell everyone that we have had a voting record this past year where every single Republican has voted against CARE and the CARE infrastructure in the U.S. Senate. They have blocked it. They have pushed it aside. And so we have some data, people. This is not typical because 
constituents, people who are voters, Democrats, Republicans, independents, libertarians, support all of these policies. Elected officials in the U.S. Senate and U.S. House, we see a lot of bipartisan support in the state legislature still. I'll just note that. But in the U.S. Senate and the U.S. House, we've had a big, big, big bifurcation where Republicans are against these care policies and Democrats are for it. And that is not smart because these policies aren't just the right thing to do. They're the smart thing to do. Our Federal Reserve Chair, Jerome Powell, even said it's hurting our international competitiveness and our businesses to not have these care policies. So there is no reason other than purely partisan football using care as a partisan football for the Republicans in Congress to be against it. Then I will share another partisan hat moment. And that is that Republican leadership in Congress have promised that if they're elected, they will move forward a national abortion ban in every single state in the nation. Democrats, on the other hand, have said that if they're elected and they're in leadership, they will make sure that one of the first things they do is codify Roe, bring us back our bodily autonomy and our rights. So we have a moment here where when we're looking at the data of you know who to vote for, we've got a pretty clear choice by party, more so than in my experience ever working in politics. And I started working in politics when I was 19. I am now 526 years old. So it's been a long time, but it has a very clear choice in terms of data. The voting records and the promises by the parties make a stark choice. Uh, Democrats are definitely for care and for bodily autonomy. First of all, we'll need to say you look great for being 526 years old. <laughs> um, so <laughs> let me just, for the record, um, but you, you, you are right. I mean, I think it's sort of, it is striking how partisan these issues are in Congress when they are far less partisan in states across the country and usually are able to garner some bipartisan support and are clearly not partisan when you just talk to the public writ large. And it's it's distressing and I think you know, wholly unacceptable, truthfully, that we continue to fight about things that we know people want and need. And I think, you know, when you are talking to the public, I, I think one of the questions that they should ask, in addition to asking people, what is your view and what's your policy and will you support this, is asking folks why. Right. Like, why are you resisting it? Because the truth of the matter is that just like reproductive rights, that you find a lot of lawmakers who oppose these these um, policies who now are sort of trying to hide their positions. They like to say they're for work family policy. They like to say that they like tax credits. They like to say that they scrub their their websites about their anti-abortion um records. So it is so important to really look at people's records, right? Like to see if their actions actually match their words, because there is so much at stake. And the reality is that a lot of these folks, um, you know, are stuck in their ways. They benefit from a system that disadvantages women, disadvantages people of color, devalues care, um, they're they're used to that system. They they benefit from it, and they have no interest in changing course. And those folks just don't deserve to be in office, quite frankly. Um, and and we can do better. We should do better. And the way that we do that is we hold people accountable for um, the votes they take, 
and their actions. And we hold people accountable with our votes. November 8th, people, Tuesday, November 8th, no matter where you are, no matter what you're doing, make a plan to vote. You can go to momsrising.org forward slash vote 22. If you don't know where or how to vote, just put in your address. We have a little widget. It'll tell you where and how to vote. It's spectacular. It's magic. It's awesome. And your vote is the great inoculator to horrible, awful, terrible politicians. And I want you to know, listeners, not all politicians are horrible, awful, and doing harm. There are so many champions. And this is one thing that I've been thinking about. Hearing negative things is twice as sticky in your memory as hearing positive things. And so a lot of times people hear about Congress, they hear about politicians, and they're like, oh my gosh, they're all evil, bad, horrible, doing yuck. Well, that is not true. Jocelyn and I both get to see actual real-life superheroes and champions in action who are elected to Congress. There are actually spectacular people running for Congress, but that doesn't always make the front page. And so do you want to share a little bit about the amazing changes that you've seen be able to happen when we do have a champion in Congress, when we do all vote and we elect somebody who really represents and reflects us? Yeah, absolutely. You're so right. I mean, the fact that we came literally one vote away from passing many of the policies that you're talking about is a testament not only to you know the people who were pushing and the the public who has made their voice heard and and um, makes clear that they support the policies but it was directly connected to having people in office who understood that these were not simply important priorities, but they were must-do priorities. And that started with the president um, and putting forward a plan that included paid leave and child care and home care. It included, you know, Speaker Pelosi and Rosa DeLauro. It included, you know, and I, I can't name everybody, you know, all of the members of Congress, um, uh, Congressman Neal, who, um, where a lot of this um, work sat um, um, in House Ways and Means. So there was, you know, an effort on the House side to move something and pass something. Um, and then in the Senate, we saw, you know, Leader Schumer, we saw, you know, Senator Murray, Senator Wyden, you know, they, they were stalwarts, um, really pushing very hard. Senator Gillibrand has a long history on some of these issues. Um, so it is it is a testament to what happens when you have people who are willing to deliver on priorities that people say are important in their lives. And so we can't, even though we aren't where we want to be, we can't lose sight of the enormous progress that we made. And we have to keep pushing because we were, as Kristen, as you know, oh so close, right? Just oh so close. And um, we're too close to turn back. Um, and it matters enormously, as you say, when people get out to vote. Um, those votes can make the difference. Um, they likely will make the difference. Um, and when people um, vote um, with their... Um, with their hearts and with their commitment to issues that they care about, we can do extraordinary things. So I think it is easy to be disgruntled and disheartened about Congress. It, you know, like I said, hot mess. Um, and did I say hot mess? Cause it's really just dysfunctional in so many ways. 
that being said, there are some good folks who are, um, you know, trying to hold folks feet to the fire and move solid policy and deliver for all of the American people. And our task is to make sure that there are more of them um, and make sure that they can actually get work done, because that is what everybody wants. I, I know very few of anybody who says, I want Congress to be dysfunctional. I think most people um, want people to be able to get along, to have to be civil, um, and to pass policies that they care about and that their families need. And so um, we have to, even with all of the dysfunction, we also have to remain hopeful because there are folks who want to drive change and we just need to have more of them. And we get more of them when we vote November 8th. <laughs> By the end of the day, vote November 8th. Justin, we don't have any more time left, but can you tell us the National Partnership website so people can go and join? Yes, you can go to www.nationalpartnership.org. Um, we're also on Twitter at NPWF. Um, please check our website. Check us out on Twitter. We're also, you know, we're everywhere. You, it's just, uh, and we are um, uh, most importantly uh, uh, in strong alignment with Moms Rising. Uh, and I just do whatever Kristen tells me to do. Uh, I just do whatever Jocelyn tells me to do. That's true. So we, so, so together, we are going to, you know, continue marching together, uh, so that we can hopefully see incredible change for people across the country. Definitely, definitely. Thank you for being on, Jocelyn. Thank you for all you do. Thank you for saving democracy and lifting Congress. Thank you. Thank you, Kristen. Always a wonderful pleasure to talk with you. We're going to take a quick break, but don't go away. Next up, GER, Grandmothers for Reproductive Rights, on fire. Here's the fire. Welcome back to Breaking Through with me, Kristen Ralph Finkbeiner, powered by Moms Rising. We are joined right now by a spectacular, spectacular guest who you will love, 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 Kelly McCannell, Director of GER, Grandmothers for Reproductive Rights. Welcome, Kelly. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited that you're here. We were talking earlier on the show about the importance of grandmothers pushing all of us people forward and saying, not on our watch will we go backwards. Can you talk right. a little bit about how did you all form and what's the grandma vibe? Yeah. So it was a group of grandmothers and elders that said, you know, we're still talking about these issues. They started in 2013 um, and they got around a kitchen table, got a group of friends and it was led by Judy Carl as our founder. And she said, you know, we need to still be having these conversations in other cultures outside the United States. Grandmothers and elders are playing crucial roles, and we don't want to be forgotten here, and we also want to be assisting in the current movement. And so what does that look like for us? And they got together, and there was a group of white-haired ladies that came in with bright yellow shirts that went to the main state legislature and talked about policies, and they did pro showed up at protests and did speeches, and so GER just formed really organically out of that. And then I love that it's GER. It went national. Yeah, I love that it's GER. How can people get involved? Because people, I know you're out there, you want to get involved with GER, Grandmothers for Reproductive Rights, you want to do it. How do they get yes. involved? 
So we have sort of five tracks, um, but basically we want to make sure that through education and advocacy, we can have grandmothers and elders be involved in the current movement for reproductive rights, health, and justice. Um, and so we want to make it as easy as possible. So if there's mobility issues or transportation issues, we've got things that people can do from anywhere. Um, we have a great storytelling program that people can contribute their pre-Roe or pre-1980 abortion stories to. And we really want to look at those abortions as not endings, because they're often talked about as like that was the end of something, when really this was the beginning of the rest of their lives. And so we have women that are looking back, you know, 40, 50, 60 years saying, this is what my abortion made possible. And we're collecting all of those in an archive. Um, so we have a training cohort, but then we just have um, written stories, recorded stories that people can listen and contribute to. And how do, where's your website? How do people find this? This will be on our website. So we're updating our website. Um, right now they can go there and check us out and find little bits. Um, but in this next month, we'll have the archive launch so people can actually see. There's even some animated stories that are going to be on there. We're really excited about it. Oh, that's um, fun. And if they sign up for our newsletter, then they can, um, we're going to have an event on in next January, which would have been the 50th anniversary of Roe, where it's going to be centered on those storytellers. Um, so interviewing them, hearing their stories, um, watching them together. So we'd love to have people there. That's amazing. When we're talking about grandmothers, you know, a lot of our grandmothers, many of our grandmothers fought actually for people to be able to choose if, when, and how many children to have and are right. so angry right now yes. about what's yes. happened more so almost than younger generations who didn't have to have that fight yet because it was not easy getting that my own grandma um, told a story of you know priests protesting at her house because both she and my great grandma fought for access to bodily autonomy yes. and she was she passed away very very sadly nine days shy of her 106th birthday a few oh. months ago but about a month before she died, she was like, let me have a little talk with you. Yes. See what's happening here. Yes. And, yes. you know, you cannot give up or get tired or, you know, say, okay, this is just happening. You know, like right. they thought this was sort of a big pushback. Yeah. Are you yes. seeing that with the grandmothers in Gur? Yes, definitely. Um, there was devastation after the leak and then the Dobbs decision where it's like, we thought, if nothing else, we thought we left this for future mm -hmm. generations. And so our statement when we came out was really trying to say, your work is not for naught. It is not the same. Um, we're not in the same place as we were pre-Roe. We've mm -hmm. got systems in place that are um, for support, you know, all the abortion funds that are out there, all the independent clinics that are out there. It's still horrible, don't get me wrong, um, but their work in this and Roe made so much possible. And now we have medication abortion and self-managed abortions. And so it's not returning to that place. Um, and they did make that culture change possible now that the majority of Americans believe in abortion access um, to some degree. So that's a huge difference from what it was before Roe. And that's because of the work of all those women. Um, and, and not just women, all those folks that were out there fighting. Um, yeah, and you we really see grandmothers and elders as truth tellers. Mm -hmm. And we want to make sure that they've got all the resources in the community to to direct people to these places that are out there. Um, I love that idea of grandmothers and elders as truth tellers. I've seen that in my own life. My own yeah. parents, grandma have yeah. always been like, hmm, let me tell you a little something about what's yeah. going on. And there's a different relationship that you have with, with parents necessarily. Um, the things that you might tell your grandparents that you wouldn't tell your parents and mm -hmm. the way that you talk with them. So 
we try to really use that in the community and have grandmothers going out and talking with college students and they're protesting. There's a lot of anti-abortion centers around the country. There's mm. three to four times more anti-abortion centers than there are actual clinics. Ugh. And they are terrifying and they're being included in some laws. They called crisis pregnancy centers. They disguise themselves as actual clinics and they like put up, you know, live near actual clinics. They go into lower income neighborhoods. They go near college campuses. And the whole goal is just to talk you out of having an abortion and give you medically inaccurate, you know, information. And so that's one of our campaigns is having grandmothers out there saying, no, this is a place of lies. <laughs> they mm -hmm. don't, they don't have your best interest in mind. They have one agenda and they'll get you to that place. However they can. You brought up something I think is really important that I just want to underscore. And that's that the majority of people in the United States of America, that means the majority of all people, Democrats, Republicans, independents, et cetera, yes. support bodily autonomy, which means being able to decide if, when, and how many children we have on our own, that this yes. is a decision with ourselves, our family, our faith, our doctor. This is not a decision that we need to be making with anybody's politician. You know, right. politicians need to stay out of our personal business. Thank you very much. You know, yes. it's about freedom, right? Yes. And so um, one of the things that too often gets lost, and I'm so glad you uplifted, is that this is the access to abortion care is hugely popular and, in fact, majority support. We've got a small group of very, very, very vocal people who are, to a large degree, spreading misinformation yes. about medically important moments, right? right? And so this is huge, right? So grandmothers are great truth tellers. Like, let's have some truth tellers, some disinfo busters. Let's have some grandmas out there saying, grr. No, yes. no, no, we will not allow <laughs> lies or rolling back laws on our watch. What's happening with grandmothers and voting? Grandmothers are big voters and the yes. election is coming up or happening if you're listening on election day on November 8th. Yes, our grandmothers are hugely engaged in electoral um, politics. They're out there knocking on doors. They're making phone calls. They're making sure that they're in touch with elected officials or candidates. We put out a voter toolkit of you know, here's how you might talk to a candidate about abortion and, and reproductive justice. And here's how you can talk to other people in your lives. So they are on it. <laughs> and they're going to the debates when they can in the communities. They are talking to the folks and saying, I want to hear you say the word abortion. I want to hear you come out and tell me how you feel about this. Um, and not just the skirting around it of, you know, well, we'll, we'll look into that and blah, blah, blah. And grandmothers are like, nope, <laughs> that's not an answer. <laughs> so yeah. they're out there and they're poll workers, um, but they are engaged. Grandmas are powerful. And I want to note that grandmas are up against some pretty big discrimination. There is giant, not only sexism, but ageism in the United yes. States of America. And grandmas are often right in the mix of the sexism and the ageism. And so um, it's so important to support, lift, respect our grandmas. Yes. <laughs> the often people think, you know, what do grandmothers have to do with reproductive rights? As if grandmothers mm -hmm. don't still have reproductive health concerns and, you know, sexuality and all of those things that's still very active in their lives. And so it's so funny that people are like, these women shouldn't be connected to this. And it's like, these are active, you know, smart, intelligent, experienced women that still have a lot to contribute to this world. And, and, and in many ways, this generation has been told to be quiet about so many things. 
And so all the people that had those abortions, you know, even a very supportive parent said, this happened, we've taken care of it. Now let's never talk about it again. And so for so long, they held this in and now they're like, no, we did a disservice by holding it in. We're not going to be quiet anymore. We have Mm -hmm. a lot to share and we have a lot of perspective and we're going to show up. And I love to see it. (laughs) Oh, I love to see it too. I mean, grandmas in action are powerful, right? Like they are. They're flipping those narratives too. And the stereotypes of who gets an abortion or who is active in the community. It's like, we've got some angry elders out there that are not going to stand for it anymore. They've been fighting this whole time. And that, you know, when they tried to be quiet or tried to be um, diplomatic, um, it didn't work necessarily. Now they're like, this is what you've done after all of our years of work. We are not going to stay silent and we're going to be joining together. And they find community with each other as well, which is so much a huge part of organizing. So, yeah, that's so important. And, um, and, you know, six out of 10 people who need abortions are already moms. Nobody talks about that. So that means a lot of grandmas have also been among those six out of 10 people who have needed abortions. Yes. Um, And, you know, sharing those those stories in our storytelling program went on to have children, went on to have families, but they just weren't ready right then. The circumstances Mm -hmm. were not, were not there. And so, you know, I, I said that statistic to my father and he said, really, that really surprises me that a parent. And I said, who better than a parent to know how hard it is, how expensive, how emotionally, how all of that it is to have a child. So that makes me even more aware of what I'm capable of, what I have the capacity for and providing for the children that I do have. Um, But people just don't think about that part. It's that stereotype that's been put out there of this is who has abortions, they're irresponsible. And all these other words that are put on there is shame. And it's like, it's a healthcare procedure that's needed for so many different reasons and so many different scenarios that are none of your business. <laughs> I love that. It's a needed for so many reasons, so many scenarios that are absolutely zero, none, not at all of your business. And that is so true. That is so true. Yes. That is And the so, people so that are true. making these laws about them that are putting in the bands, they know so little about the procedure and about these scenarios, any of the statistics that their laws are murky and confusing. And medical doctors are saying, I don't even know how to interpret this. I just know you want to criminalize pregnant people. That's all I can see in this. And so having the grandmothers and the elders sort of naming what's happening there and saying, you're just doing this to be shame, to shame. You're just doing this to criminalize. And we went through this before. We're not going to let more people go through this. And grandmas are indeed rising and are rising to vote. I have to tell people again, November 8th, Tuesday, November 8th is voting day. Most polls are open until at least 7 p.m. If you don't know where you're voting, you can go to momsrising.org forward slash vote 22, put in your address. And we'll pop back out where you're supposed to vote. This is a very exciting little piece of magic. Um, so momsrising.org forward slash vote 22. And you can find out where and how you yourself vote. And you can make sure that when you're a grandma, if you're not already, you don't have to be so angry about laws being rolled back if you elect great people <laughs> this yes. time. Because we have on the ballot, actually, reproductive choice. We have the Republicans saying that if they get the majority, they're going to do a national abortion ban. And we have the Democrats saying if they get the majority, they will protect 
our right to bodily autonomy and codify Roe v. Wade um, as the first bill that they passed. So uh, it's a pretty stark choice, people. Normally it's, it's big, not it's this a big stark, day. But <laughs> do you want freedom and bodily autonomy? Take your kids and your grandkids. Show them what voting looks like. I take my kids every year and we're encouraging grandparents and elders to take their grandkids as well. Yes. Um, get them started young. <laughs> Both ways. You can take a grandparent to vote or you could have a grandparent take a kid to vote. All the yes. voting needs to happen. Yes. All, all, the voting. The... <laughs> <laughs> all the voting and make it fun and, you know, get a voting walk-up song. I think mine's going to be, I'm woman, hear me roar. I'm going to play that one voting on like yeah. nine out of 10, maybe 11 <laughs> out of 10 in the volume. Yeah. Walk around with your own soundtrack. I know. <laughs> Everybody hyped. I'm just going to put it on my phone, play it really loud. Everybody yeah. around voting, you know. It should but you be pick fun. your own walk-up song. Everybody who's listening, pick your voting walk-up song. And thank you for being on with us. Thank yes, you so thank much you for, for having you. me and all the work. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. We're going to take a quick break, but don't go away. Next up, we're talking voting snacks, kids' activities while voting, voting walk-up songs, how to find out where you're supposed to vote, making a plan to vote, all the things, all the fun. We'll be back in just a quick second. We wanna fight for love. Rafting Finer, powered by Moms Rising with the own, whoops, sorry, redo. Welcome to Breaking Through with me, Kristen Ralphing Finer, powered by Moms Rising with the one, the only, the super, the spectacularific, Donna Norton. Woo, Donna, welcome. Thank you. I made up a new word just for you, spectacularific. <laughs> I love it. That is to describe you. I'm so excited that I get to work with you. And in working with you, we are doing something really important. We are getting out the vote. The vote, the election is on or before November 8th. Most polling locations are open until at least 7 p.m. Many people are also voting by mail by that day. And you have some advice, Donna. What is your voting advice? My voting advice is like, take a second in your day and like, just figure out how to make this happen because we don't want to get to the end of the day without having thought about what's our plan? When's it going to happen? How are we going to make it happen? And, um, you know, there's a lot of uh, great information out there. If you're sitting at your desk, you can use to figure out where your polling place is, what you need to bring, where to drop off your ballot. Um, you can go to momsvote.org. There's tons of great information on there. There's one that says, um, check your registration that will also tell you when and how to vote. Um, I think it's important to remember that there's actually 22 states and Washington, D.C. that allow same-day voter registration. So if you haven't registered to vote yet and you live in one of those states, it's definitely not too late and um, we can all make our voices heard. Now, one of my things that I'm doing, in addition to making a plan to vote or as part of my plan to vote is I'm very snack oriented. So I'm trying to think of my voting snacks. Now I have some leftover Halloween candy that I'm eyeing as saving for my reward for voting. And then I'm also thinking about my voting walk-up song that I will be playing while I'm voting. And I'm thinking it's going to be I Am Woman, Hear Me Roar by Helen Reddy. <laughs> what are you thinking? What's your snack in your song? 
my snack in this I am in because this is election season I am now addicted to sugar it's very sad and I have a constant stream of M&Ms <laughs> going in my mouth it's very very unhealthy and I plan to stop this after the elections are over but I'm definitely bringing my M&Ms with me to the polling places and if you're in a place that has long lines, be sure to bring um, some water with you. And um, if you have kids, like try to hide the M&Ms and actually bring some healthy snacks for you and the kids too. And activities at Moms Rising, we have kid activities on that amazing page that Donna shared, momsvote.org. On that, we have a great like blog with coloring pages that you can download, with games you can do with your kids, with so, so, so much fun activities. And one of the things that happens is a lot of people think they can't go vote because they have to get a babysitter, but you can be a voter, raise a voter. You can bring your kid with you to vote. You can bring your grandkid with you to vote. You can bring your neighbor's kid with your vote as long as they agree. You can bring any kind of kid with you to vote. You can bring five people with you to vote. In fact, bringing five people is a sure way to save democracy. Do you have advice on making voting a voting party of five, Donna? I think a voting party is of five is great. I mean, it's it really can be an incredibly celebratory event. And I remember one of my highlights of moments with my son was bringing him to vote um, when he finally was eligible to vote. And it, and it was like the culmination of so many years of just bringing him with me to the polls when he couldn't vote. And then suddenly he could vote. And I think it was like that seeing me vote, seeing me vote, seeing this as like part of being an adult and of being a, a citizen and a good member of our community um, that really trained him to feel like when it was his time to vote, really, you know, joyful and excited about the process. And, you know, as we all know, it's really your kids watching you. <laughs> it's not so much what you see say, but them actually seeing what you do that has a big impact on them. So, you know, if you want to raise a voter, you know, like be a voter, bring them with you, bring or show them your ballot as you're sitting at the kitchen table, filling it out beforehand and have them like do their coloring pages that you can get off the web at the same time. But it's really that experience that's gonna create this really positive feeling about voting for them um, as they grow up. And one of the fun things I think is also talking about what's on the ballot. I'm in Washington state, so there's often very interesting initiatives on the ballot, which are always very interesting and often intriguing to learn about. And you know, talking with the kids about, hey, do you think, why do you think somebody would propose this? Which way would you vote? What do you recommend? Has always been very fun. Yeah, and there's great information out there. Actually, if you go to ballotready.org, which you can go directly or through our website, you can go on there and they have a great wealth of information about each candidate and what their positions are and which organizations endorse them. That really helps um, get you ready to vote. And also it's just very fun for kids to you know discuss with you. And if you are sitting here driving or running or whatever you're doing while you're listening right now, and you're like, oops, I have no idea where I'm supposed to vote. We 
have you covered? I have a very long URL. Donna probably has the same URL and shorter, but I have a very long URL with some magic on it. If you go to www.momsrising.org, easy to remember, forward slash vote 22, you can just put in your information and voila, like magic. It really gives you immediately where you vote, how you vote, all of that. So momsrising.org forward slash vote 22. There'll be a little form, you fill it out and it tells you where you can vote and how. Super fun, super easy. What we don't have in the form, Donna, that we need to put in is what's your voting snack, recommended voting snack and recommended voting music. And we didn't talk about your voting music. What is your voting music, Donna? Uh, that's gotta be Aretha Franklin, R-E-S-P-E-C-T for this year, for sure. Ooh, good one. That's a good choice. Good choice. The other thing I just want um, people to have for their voting experience is if you have a problem voting, um, there are lawyers and paralegals that are staffing a, a phone number that you can call. It's 1-866-OUR-VOTE. Um, and they have people that will be staffing a hotline to make sure that they can help you if you have any problem um, voting. So also an important um, number to have in your pocket. And that's one our vote The other thing I would do is if you have a ID, I would bring it just in case, even, even if you haven't brought it in the past. So there have been lots of different changes in laws. And um, if you have an ID, it's good to have it along. The other thing is, if you're about to put your ballot in the mail, double check it because at least in California, I don't know if this is true in every state, but I will say in many states, you have to sign the outside of the envelope. And it's a very common mistake that people don't uh, forget to do that last piece of signing the envelope. So double, triple check the instructions on your ballot, make sure you've got everything um, checked off that you need to do. That is also very important. I live in a state where you have to sign the outside of the ballot and I always sign it. And then I put my phone number in case they have questions. <laughs> <laughs> There's a space for additional information. I'm like, okay, well, if they don't like my signature, they can call me. I would like my vote to count. So it's pretty funny because you like, but it has a privacy envelope. It's a double envelope situation here in Washington. We are all vote by mail state. So we have it locked down. We've been an all vote by mail state forever since way before the pandemic. It works really well. Um, and there is a double envelope for privacy situation that is also pretty great. So What's your favorite thing about voting? My favorite thing about voting is that I know that my voice has a big impact. I mean, it's amazing when you watch the returns in how close these races are and, you know, how just a few votes can make a huge difference. And there are a lot of super, super tight races right now. Um, I Only about 40% of eligible voters vote in midterms. So we're already dealing with a very small number of even eligible voters who are going to vote. So your vote is worth even more in that situation. I think Senator Hassan uh, won her election by only 1,017 votes. Like, 
every vote has a huge impact and it is finally the time where I get to say if I'm not happy with my elected representative or I love my elected re representative, I have the power to change the course of you know history, to change who my representative is. And we see that those those votes matter. You know, a lot of us were very upset about the course of the U.S. in the last election. And we went out in droves and managed to get a president out of office who didn't want to leave by democratic means. But we we managed to do it. I mean, together, you know, we can make our future. And so that's why it's just so important that we all go out and use our voice, use our voice, not only for our own vote, but we know the most uh, influential um, thing that someone can do to make other voters vote is to share that you voted, that you care that you that about voting, that you reach out to others. People are super influenced by their friends and family voting and having people reach out to them and asking if they're going to vote. So vote yourself, but think of five other people you think might not vote and reach out to them and, and encourage them to vote and uh, offer to give them a ride to the poll if they needed, offer to you know watch their kids or an elderly relative or uh, you know, help them with their ballot if they're an elderly person. Just, it's really um, super important. Make a plan to vote, get five friends to vote, get your voting snack, your voting walk-up song. You can get your kid activity voting fun package at momsvote.org. And if you don't know where to vote, go to, I'm gonna say the W's, www momsrising.org forward slash vote 22. And you'll be able to find out where exactly you're supposed to vote on or before November 8th. But make sure by the time November 8th is done, you have cast your ballot. Thank you so much for being on. Donna Norton, thank you for all you do. Thank you, thank you, thank you for lending and sharing your expertise and your leadership. Thank you. Thank you. Let's do this. Yes, let's do this, people. Vote, vote, vote. Well, that's it for our show today. Thanks so much for tuning in as we tackle the top topics facing our nation in a way that requires the most boring disclaimer in the history of planet Earth. Here goes. Views expressed on this show are those of the individual speakers and should not be attributed to Moms Rising, to this station, or to any news or social media service that may disseminate a recording of this show to the public or to any segment of the public. Boom! We'll catch you next week. We're gonna fight for